Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers and spiritual entrepreneurs to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and join our crystal movement. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, we're going to be looking at part two of our two-part episode, all about crystals and the tarot. So today, we'll be looking at using crystals to learn about the minor arcana in the tarot. But before we get started with that, I'd like to answer one of our listener questions. Remember, you can submit your own questions anytime at loveandlightschool.com slash ask for the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. Today's question comes from LG, and LG asks, how do you start a rock or metaphysical shop? Well, LG, this is a big loaded question. In fact, it's so big that I've created an entire program of study all about this. It's my spiritual business mastermind group where I help others get started launching their own sacred businesses just like I did. But there's a lot that goes into this. Um, You need to make sure that you file for your articles of incorporation or articles of organization with your state. If you're in the U.S., you need to register your business with the state as well as get your federal EIN, set up your business banking account, make sure that you have proper business insurance, hire employees if you're going to have any, and make sure that you have all of the proper workers' compensation insurance and that you're following employment guidelines and OSHA guidelines for safety. You might even want to have an accountant or bookkeeper to help you with your bookkeeping and payroll as well as your taxes. And then you'll also need to make sure that you order your inventory. And you'll want to do this through a wholesale dealer. And there are some that are super reputable and great and some that aren't so great. So my advice is to start small. Start small by doing some pop-up shops where maybe you're a guest for a weekend at a salon or spa. Maybe ask to set up a small table or display of items at a massage therapy office where you'll have a place to showcase your items to people who might be interested and pay the owner of the massage studio or yoga studio a small percentage of your profits. Or... Maybe you want to start out online with an Etsy shop or by selling live on Instagram. Really, there are so many ways to be successful with this these days, and this is one of the things that makes it really an exciting time to be a spiritual entrepreneur. So really, LG, when you're thinking about your next steps and what you'd like to do, the best place to start is with a business plan. A thorough business plan will cover the who, what, where, when, and why of your business so that you truly understand what your next steps forward will be. Although I think the biggest problem most people have is getting started, there are quite a few people who do the total opposite and really rush in without having a grounded approach to their business, and then they feel lost or don't know where to go from there. So starting with that thorough business plan will really help you see the path forward and get some clarity on if this feels like the right path for you. 
LG then goes on to ask, do you have a college degree? If so, what did you study and has it helped you in your current business? So I do have a college degree. My degree is in ornamental horticulture and I then was working toward a second degree in botany, but I opted out of that one, but just a little bit before I finished it. Um, and has it helped me in my current business? Oh boy, that's really hard to say. I think um, it helped me learn to be really disciplined and dedicated to what I'm doing. And I think that it helped me realize that that's not what I wanted to do for my forever job. So if nothing else, it helped me get a lot of clarity on my soul path and figure out what it was that I wanted to do and what it was that I wanted my life to look like and feel like. And for that reason, I'm so grateful for every experience that led me right here to this point in time. But is it something that I use day to day? Not exactly. It's still something I'm very passionate about. I love plants. I love herbs. I love digging in the dirt and growing things. But I wouldn't say it's something that is terribly useful in my business. And in fact, Algie, what has been more helpful for me is things that I've taught myself or things that I've learned from others online. I've taken lots of online business training and programs, a few business classes actually in college as well, but mostly this has been kind of a DIY learn on the fly as you go situation. Anything that I don't know, I've learned from YouTube or through exhaustive research and later on in my business by working with some amazing business coaches. But take it from me, if I can do this, so can you. I think that there's a world of possibility available to all of us. I started the Love and Light School with $500 from my tax return many, many, many moons ago, and it has grown into something so much bigger than I ever could have imagined at the start. I think the most important thing is getting clarity on what you want out of your life and then working hard and not giving up on yourself to make it happen. So thank you, Algie, for that super thoughtful question. If you have a question you'd like me to answer for you about crystals, spirituality, or anything else you're curious about right now, let me know over at loveandlightschool.com ask. And it's just about time for us to dive into our main topic for today. But since we will be discussing crystals and the tarot, I wanted to make mention of an amazing event that I'm taking part in. Ethany's Tarot Summer School 2020 officially opens up on June 1st, and I could not be more excited to be a guest faculty member this year. Ethany is someone I've really looked up to for a long time for her amazing use of tarot cards. The way that she teaches and shares and creates with others about working with the tarot is something I've always enjoyed. And in fact, Ethany has been a guest on this show before. So if you want to learn a little bit more about her, go back and check out that interview with Ethany all about tarot and the moon. But as I mentioned, on June 1st, 
Ethany's kicking off her annual tarot summer school. I'll be one of 12 amazing guest teachers this year, and I'll be sharing all about crystals for tarot readings, working with crystal energy to discover the deeper wisdom of the tarot. So if today's episode and topic sparks a little interest, I would invite you to go to loveandlightschool.com slash tarot to learn more about tarot summer school. It starts on June 1st, but it goes all the way through August 31st. It's a full three months. So it really truly is a summer school. And there's a new lesson released each week to tarot summer school students. You can purchase a season pass and get all 12 lessons in their curriculum, or you can pick and choose just the topics that interest you. But for those season pass holders, there's also an exclusive bonus course, which I'll be participating in, talking about some of my favorite spiritual practices, as well as two campfire Q&A sessions, which are live calls where you can come and chat with your instructors. And you'll also be entered to win one of a whole bunch of amazing door prizes. And in fact, I'll be contributing a deck of my crystal grid oracle cards, as well as my crystal moon mystic oracle deck. So if this sounds right up your alley and you're super excited about the idea of spending a little time each week, learning something new about tarot divination and spirituality, visit loveandlightschool.com slash tarot, that's T-A-R-O-T, to learn more about Tarot Summer School 2020. And now it's time to dive into our main topic for the day. This is part two of our two-part episode all about working with crystals and the tarot. So in last week's episode, I shared a really simple method for working with your crystals to uncover the deeper energies and meanings of the 22 major arcana cards. But this week, I'll be diving into the remaining 56 cards in the tarot deck, which are known as the minor arcana. So these minor arcana cards add some perspective and context to what's going on in your everyday life. Now, these 56 minor arcana cards are further divided into four suits, and each suit represents a different aspect of your life and corresponds to one of the four elements. So, for example, the cups, which are sometimes also known as chalices, correspond to the water element, and the water element is all about the emotions, intuition, love, and it kind of acts as a mirror to your heart. The suit of wands, which are sometimes called rods or staffs or staves, correspond to the fire element. The suit of swords, sometimes known as daggers, correspond to the air element. And the pentacles, also known as coins or discs, correspond to the earth element. And we're going to talk about these elements and why they become so helpful and important for uncovering a little bit more about each of these suits in the minor arcana in just a little bit. Now within each suit, then the cards are numbered ace through 10, and then there are the additions of four court cards. 
So if you're counting with me, if there are 56 minor arcana cards divided into four suits, that would be 14 cards for each suit. So ace through 10, one through 10, plus the four court cards, the page, knight, queen, and king. Now, each number has its own meaning within the suits that can give you a deeper understanding of what the cards are telling you. In general, the even numbers, 2, 4, 6, 8, and 10, really evoke this idea of balance and harmony in your life, whereas odd numbers, 1, 3, 5, 7, and 9, can represent obstacles or challenges you might face. But don't be afraid of these. Think of them more as opportunities for growth. So to really dive deep into the minor arcana, you can work with your crystals to help you uncover even more about the meaning of each card. To do this, you'll need a deck of tarot cards, and I really recommend working with the same deck that you used the previous week when we talked about our major arcana cards, and a crystal to represent each element, so four crystals in total. So I mentioned those elements were going to be important for this work. Um, So again, the cups correspond to water, the wands correspond to fire, the swords correspond to air, and the pentacles correspond to earth. So if we look at the different elements, there are some crystals that I recommend working with for each. So remember, you only need one crystal to represent each element. So for earth, you could use something like petrified wood, malachite, carnelian, red jasper, emerald, anything that feels really earthy to you. The element of earth corresponds to protection, stability, abundance and wealth, growth, the physical realm, and your material possessions. So think of crystals that kind of embody or share the same qualities and choose one that you feel really drawn to. For the air element, I like to work with things like celestite, azurite, lapidolite, blue kyanite, angelite, or mica. The air element, which again corresponds to the suit of swords, represents change, new beginnings, intellect and the sharpness of the mind, and swift action and thought. For the fire element, you can work with crystals like amber, rhodochrosite, ruby, lava rock, fire agate, citrine, obsidian, or clear quartz. And that fire element corresponds to the suit of wands and represents vitality, creativity, personal power, your energy and passion, and motivation. And finally, you'll need a crystal to represent the suit of water, which, as I mentioned, is really all about intuition, emotion, and love. Some good water crystals are things like aquamarine, amazonite, amethyst, boulder opal, larimar, moonstone, selenite, and blue lace agate. And there are many, many others that you could choose for this. You just let your intuition guide you to the right crystals. And I've included a little lengthier list for each group of these elemental stones over on the blog at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. So to start this process of really diving deep, I want you to separate out the major arcana cards from your tarot deck. These are the cards that are numbered 0 through 21 and set those aside, leaving only the 56 minor arcana cards. 
Then I want you to kind of shuffle and sort these around, looking at the images on the cards, and choose just one of these minor arcana cards that you feel really drawn to and that you want to explore more in depth. Place it in front of you, either on your altar or on the floor or a table in your sacred space, and reach for the corresponding elemental crystal. So for example, if you chose a cups card, you might want to work with a water element crystal like aquamarine. Or if you chose a pentacles card, you might want to work with an earth element crystal like malachite. Now I find it to be really helpful to have some other representations of these elements on my altar or in my sacred space for this process as well. So if you want to bring these elements into your sacred space, say you chose a cups card and you're really diving into the energy of the element of water, you might want to have a small dish of water, a fountain, some seashells or an abalone shell, a chalice or goblet, a mirror, or even an image or statue of a mermaid or dolphin present in your space in addition to that water element crystal to really help bring that water vibe into your environment. So once you have your chosen minor arcana tarot card and your crystal, I want you to hold your stone and cupped hands above the tarot card and ask for some guidance and some clarity about the meaning of this card. Then I want you to close your eyes and breathe deeply while holding the stone in your hands. And to truly embody the vibration of this card, you're going to take the number of breaths equal to the number on your card. So for example, you can take three deep breaths for the three of wands or six deep breaths for the six of swords. Just breathe in the elemental energy of the crystal in your hands as you do this, again, to embody not only the elemental energy, but the numerical vibration of that card as well. Now, if you chose to work with a court card instead of a numbered card, ace through 10, use your intuition to guide you on the correct number of breaths. Now, after your final exhalation, open your eyes and immediately look at the card still while holding on to your stone and really gaze at the card in detail and think about its symbolism and its imagery as it relates to this element and the number. What thoughts really enter your mind about the energy and the meaning of this card? And give yourself just a moment to kind of let things permeate and then jot down some bullet points or notes or doodles in your tarot journal about the insights that have come through to help you keep a record of these in-depth meanings that you uncover for each card in the minor arcana. Now for a sample of this whole process, I've made a really helpful video to give you an idea of exactly how to put this practice into action. And you can find that on the blog post that corresponds to this episode over at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And also over on that blog post so that you can learn even more about the meaning of each card in the minor arcana, I've given you a list of the magical meanings of the four elements, as well as the meaning and qualities of the numbers in each suit. So I've given you the meanings of cups, wands, swords, and pentacles, as well as the numbers 
1, which is the ace, through 10. I've also included some traditional meanings for the four court cards in each suit. So in this way, you can take your intuitive messages that you've received through working with your breath and your elemental crystal and look at the traditional meanings by combining the elemental correspondence and energy with the meanings of the number or the court card that you've chosen. So for example, if you chose the six of wands, you take that traditional correspondence of wands with the fire element and look at vitality, creativity, passion, and energy with the number six, which is about duality, protection, romance, idealism. So this may indicate a very passionate romance. But what's most important here is not necessarily these traditional associations, but what comes through from your intuition during this exercise of embodying this elemental energy. And because of this, also on this blog post, I've given you some other ideas for bringing these elements into your sacred space for each element. So for example, earth, you could work with some fresh flowers or fossils or bring some fruit in. And I've given you a whole list of different things you can bring into your altar or sacred space to call in more earth energy. The same with air, fire, and water. So what I recommend is after you've gone through this process, you've journaled about your card, you've looked at those traditional meanings to see if they shed any more light on what came through for you intuitively, you can also set up a really special sacred space on your altar where you display this card really prominently and surround it with these different elements for bringing this energy into your sacred space. And in this way, you can sit down each day and take a few minutes to really soak in this energy and see if any further insight comes through. And you can leave this altar up for as long as you like and work with each card in turn, uncovering a little bit more of the wisdom of the deck with each card that you get to know. Well, that is it for our main topic for today, but I did want to talk about something special that I mentioned last week and that I've actually discussed before in a previous podcast episode for our Trending This Week segment. So as you know, each week I bring you a quick discussion on something that's happening in the world of crystal healing and spirituality or something that I'm just really loving right now that I want to share. And I have to say, by all of this deep dive work into the tarot, I've really been getting some good use out of my card a day tarot journal by Open Sea Design Company. So it's their The Star Notebook, and you can find them at www.opensea.designco.com. And in their notebook section, they have this beautiful The Star notebook that's a card a day tarot journal and I've been working with mine so much lately that it is just about time for me to order a new one because I've actually almost filled this one up completely now and it gives me just enough space to really write about my insight and jot down my feelings about the deeper wisdom and meaning of each card. And there's also a place that you can write down the name of the card and the date, but in the little card outline, I usually do a quick 
sketch and drawing of that card, even though I'm not a super great artist, it just helps me when, when I refer back later to look at that card in detail and remember that imagery that was so stirring and that I really connected with. Well, that is it for today. I hope that you found a lot of value in today's show. If you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And don't forget, if you've been super pumped up and excited about all of this tarot goodness that I've been sharing, you can join me for Tarot Summer School 2020. Just hop over to loveandlightschool.com slash tarot. That's T-A-R-O-T. And if you did enjoy the show today, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes, or you can go to loveandlightschool.com slash listen to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming service so you never miss a future episode. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Visit us online at loveandlightschool.com.